Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey everyone, Gil Gross here, post-match. Novak Djokovic versus Holger Runa, ATP Finals 2023 Round Robin. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video in 3, 2, 1. For the second time in the last month, Djokovic takes out Runa in three sets. He now leads their head-to-head 3-2. And with the win, he's locked up his record, eighth year-end number one. Pete Sampras is in second with six. And famously, Pete had to like bust his butt to get number six. He was playing all the indoor hardcore tournaments at the end of the year. He basically emptied the tank. He was exhausted at the start of the next year. Novak is like peaking for slams, playing as light a schedule as possible, prioritizing his long-term health, and uh, still continuing to rack up the year-end number ones. Because that's what happens when you win three majors and make four major finals in a year. You pretty much are going to be year-end number one. Let's get into the match. Got to start with with Holger Runa's fitness. That's where we have to start. That's That's bullet point number one. That's the main factor here. It was very similar to Paris where, yes, Runa wins the second set, but by the end of the second set, there were some some real signs that Holger's legs were shot, that the gas tank had hit empty. Runa, we've covered this time and time again. He's able to still do some really amazing things even when he's tired. I did that like when he won in Munich, beat Botik van der Zanschulp in that final. Uh, that's just one example where sometimes Runa can be tired and still manage to do some good things, and he did it at the end of the second set. But the third set, come on, it felt inevitable. Djokovic wasn't going to lose to a exhausted, zero rally tolerance Runa over the course of an entire set. That wasn't really going to happen. And you felt the same way when they played in Paris. Exact same thing that played out. And it's just... Look, the state of Holger's fitness right now, it's pretty much a non-starter, right? They're, they're playing indoors, so it's not hot, it's not humid. It's the first match of the week. Runa has had plenty of rest in the lead-up to this first match. Uh, plus, they're playing in lightning-quick conditions where... It's not like these points are particularly long and physical. So the the loss of fitness here, there aren't a lot of good reasons for it other than Runa's fitness right now is not where it needs to be. That's it, right? Now, that hasn't been the case at all times this year. Uh, clearly, it was better during clay court season. And I'll give you a stat. Runa on the hard courts now 
is three and nine in deciding sets this year. Three and nine. On clay, he was seven and two. So that time of year, the the, the clay court season, Holger was showing uh, much better rally tolerance and much better endurance in his matches. And uh, that was very much clear. But I don't know if something's happened behind the scenes where, whether it be his injuries or, or something we don't know about with his training, has not allowed himself to maintain his fitness levels this year. Right now, uh, they're clearly not there. And what does that look like? How does that materialize in the match? Well, the main thing that happens is you'll see that Runa is unable to respond to long rallies and play well in the next couple points after that. So at love one in the third, really long physical first point. And the PA system, something happens. There's a big noise in the arena and they have to play a let. But they were like 20 balls into this rally and then they have to play a let. And immediately I'm thinking, here comes the break because that long first point, Runa's going to be tired for the rest of the game. And what do we see? We see a first ball backhand drop shot that had no chance. I, I think it bounced before the net. Novak hit a great return. It was not a ball that you can drop shot. We saw a net approach from Runa, which was a force. It was an easy backhand pass from Djokovic. There just wasn't any reason to come forward other than you want the point to end. And then you got a double fault. Um, so that's three points. And then there was also a great return from Djokovic um, down the line with his forehand. So that's the break. We'll get to it, but Djokovic actually gives that break away. They're back on serve. Skip ahead to 2-3 in the third set. It's break point. They play a 27-shot rally that... Novak clearly decides, I'm just not going to miss in this in this point, and Runa's going to have to make the first move because the longer this goes, the better I feel. So Runa makes the first move and hits a forehand drop shot, but it's a good one, and he puts away this forehand volley. He wins the point. He saved the break point. Okay, now it's deuce. What's going to happen after that long point? Well, first ball drop shot, and you knew that was coming. Right In that deuce point, I figured Runa's either going to serve in volley or he's going to try to hit the first forehand 105 miles per hour or he's going to hit a first ball drop shot. And it was first ball drop shot. And Novak read it. He was right on it because he, he, he knows, right? Like he saw it coming from a mile away because he knew that Runa was going to be ultra aggressive after that long rally. So Djokovic wins the point off of the off of the drop shot because he got there easily. And then he put away the, sex, uh, the next volley. And then on the break point, I have to give Holger some credit because he was willing to suffer in this point, even though he was tired. He didn't bail out quickly. But when Novak got him uh, running into his forehand corner, Runa went for the highlight reel, counterattack, cross-court winner, uh, where really it was a ball he should have been defending, but instead he went for the winner because, you know, his, his legs were toast at that point. I actually give him some credit for hanging in that rally for as long as he did. All right, so that was the break, and, and Djokovic was not broken for the rest of the way in the third set, and he wins the match. The main reason why this was as close as it was was uh, there were two very unclutch moments from Novak Djokovic. Uh, the first was the second set tiebreak. 
where second point of the tie break, Novak misses a very, very easy first ball forehand off of a sitter that he puts into the net. And then on the next point, he makes another unforced error from the middle of the court attacking with his forehand. Three love, Runa ace, four love. Um, you know, so at that point, the tie break is just, it's gotten away from Djokovic. Then in the third set, shockingly, after getting the break, um, Novak double faults twice in a row from up 15 love, which not only allows Runa to win two points in a row for 15-30, it also allows him to not move for two points. And, you know, at this point, energy is a big deal. So you allow him to rest for like two minutes, win two points, 15-30, Holger's able to break. And Djokovic breaks not one, but but two rackets. And I don't blame him. I mean, I can't believe Novak double faulted twice in a row there. It's shocking stuff. Uh, so so that is, that's a big reason why it was as close as it was. But as we expected in Turin, we're going to get these close matches with tie breaks and not a lot of breaks. And the way the first set tie break played out is more of what I expected. More of what I expected in this head-to-head. -head, where the decision-making is a is a difference maker. And Holger just made some mistakes with his decisions in the first set, and Novak did not. Um, tight matches, pressure moments, who's going to make the bad decisions? It's almost always going to be Runa here. Uh, now, Novak made some execution mistakes under pressure in the second set tiebreak, but that's different from decision-making mistakes, which Novak is almost never going to commit. Uh, let, me be, uh, let me give you the examples. Here's what kind of did Runa in in the first set tiebreak. At 2-3, he is over-eager on a forehand, basically on his off-ball movement. If this was Monday match analysis, I would obviously give you screenshots. But Djokovic is hitting a forehand cross-court, and Runa, off-ball movement is very important. In this case, Holger makes a decision. Uh, Holger makes a read that he is going to move up inside the baseline as if a short ball is coming. A short ball is not coming. It was it was overly aggressive off-ball movement, and suddenly Runa has a forehand half volley that he's changing direction on, and he's rushing himself on, and he misses that. Um, and that's the first... Uh, that makes it three-all. Then at three all, he comes forward. It's a net rush that it just wasn't there. There was no opportunity to come forward. This is a bit of a pattern that uh, we see this sometimes from Runa, um, where it was a backhand approach. I think it was a cross court backhand approach. There wasn't any opportunity to come forward. So, so often the critique is somebody doesn't come to net enough. There's also, you're coming to net way too much. We've talked about this with Runa for, uh, throughout the season. If you just give Djokovic an easy passing shot and you come forward for no reason, uh, that's just a bad decision. And then finally, at 4-6, set point, Runa misses his first serve and he goes with the second serve, serve and volley. Djokovic passes him. 
I mean, it's just not a good play. And I would love for Holger's team to show him the numbers on second serve, serve and volley, because it's something that he does under pressure sometimes. I was actually calling in Basel, he was playing Tomas Martin Echeverry. And he had done it like three times throughout the match. And he had lost the point every single time. And I'm pretty sure in the third set tiebreak, something it was something like 5-4. Runa pulls it out. Second serve, serve and volley. Echeverry passes him. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, why are you going to a play that has not worked ever throughout the match on the biggest point? It's just silly to hit a soft kick second serve and come in behind it. It's a terrible play. And somehow Runa likes to go to it under pressure. So, in general, Holger was hyper-aggressive in this match. He was, he was unafraid. He was going after uh, his shots. In a way, I like the mindset, especially on these courts. Uh, but there just needs to be some discipline there where you're not making bad decisions. And I don't know if this stems from the fitness issues, right? Is it not trusting his legs? And that's why he is overeager in his court positioning or making an approach that isn't there or servant volleying when he shouldn't be. Or is it a reaction to the nerves? Is it he's feeling tight, and when he feels tight, these are the things he does. It could be either. Other factors. Uh, Djokovic served to the Runa forehand really, really well. That was his go-to. He recognizes what the weaker return is. And if you watch the highlights, like if you go on tennis TV and watch the highlights, you're going to think that Runa was amazing on his forehand return. Because he hit maybe three, four, maybe even five blistering forehand returns that are going to be in the highlights. I know they will be. Because they were amazing. What's not going to be in the highlights is all of the forehand returns that Runa missed taking a big cut at it. Taking a big swing and not making it. That won't be in the highlights. Believe me. Um... Now, Runa did mix it up, and sometimes he did try to block the forehand return. That was just as problematic, honestly. His forehand block return needs work. It's a weakness. For some reason, he just doesn't hit the forehand block very well. It can float and land short. Uh, sometimes he just mishits it. Too often, honestly, he mishits it. So Djokovic recognized that, and he attacked it on every big point. And there were a couple of... You know, there were a couple of occasions where Runa came up with some big forehand returns in big spots, but that was just a couple. Uh, more often than not, Djokovic was getting a ton of uh, purchase and success serving into Runa's forehand, which there, there are a couple factors here. First of all, Djokovic's slice serve into the righty forehand, it's his best serve, it's money. So it's a serve he can execute at a high level over and over again. But also, when you're in Runa's position and one of your returns is a weakness or a hole, that's, that's tough. That's tough to overcome because obviously the serve is the shot that your opponents can fully control. And it's going to be hard to hide a weakness like that. 
There were a lot of positives for Holger, though. Uh, Runa is serving really big again. It saved him in the second set. He got so many unreturnables off of Novak in the second set. There was also, I think Djokovic will be upset because it got a little bit ridiculous with how how few returns he was making. Just very uncharacteristic for Djokovic. Um, I also thought that Runa, when he had a chance to rip the forehand from the back of the court, I think he hit it really well. I just wish that he leaned on that more, right? Instead of rushing forward, instead of being super desperate to take the ball early and redirect on the forehand. You know, just hang back, stay in position, and use your weight of shot. That's what I would have liked to see. Now, I don't know if his legs would have allowed him to do that. In fact, it's almost a certainty that his legs wouldn't have allowed him to do that. But in an ideal world, Runa would have showed some more patience and waited for opportunities to uh, hit his forehand, his big heavy forehand from behind the baseline instead of having to charge in, take the ball on the rise, rush himself, come forward, um, etc., I also think that Runa's second serve, it, yeah, there were double faults that led to breaks, but in general, I think he also shows a pretty fantastic ability to hit big second serves and make them at a high rate. So I just want to throw that out there. Djokovic, on the other hand, I think he'll just be glad that he pulled out the win um, and he did enough to do it, you know, staying solid in the first set. Uh, there was some good forehand aggression behind his serve in some big, you know, key moments. Obviously, he doesn't have the endurance issues that Runa has. But I don't think he'll be thrilled with how it went down. I don't think he'll be thrilled with his level. And uh, for Djokovic, it was mostly just about getting through with the win. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.